0: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies
1: and, Ladies gentlemen, and gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. gentlemen, you are now you are listening, listening, to listening, listening to the Fantasy, to the Fantasy Baseball, baseball, baseball hour, hour, with hour with Al Melkior. Welcome, everybody. This is the
2: Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host. Al Your. check your calendars, it's Thursday, and your calendar should also say, it's Nando Thursday, my calendar does.
0: That's right, Al.
2: Does your calendar calendar say Nando Thursday?
0: It literally does, actually. (laughs) I have my my little Google calendar, I send a reminder every week for Nando Thursday.
2: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Just a suggestion, maybe that, that could be tweeted out so that
0: everybody, it's reminded <laughs> to everybody else to... Geez, Al, I'm sorry. Start, I'm starting to promoting your show enough. My bad. I'll get on that. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, Al. <laughs> <That's> just <El. laughs> one little thing.
2: I, I don't ask for too much, right?
0: No, you're right. You just why don't you set a reminder to remind me, and then I'll do it. All right. Because it, it shows up at 3. It, it, you know, if someone's at like noon is like, hey, reminder, I can do that.
2: All right. Well, but between the two of us, we absolutely will not get this done. Exactly.
0: We need an Adam right. Azer to keep us on track. Yeah, well.
2: Where is where is he when you need him?
0: Uh, you know, I know where he is in his home office right now doing nothing. All right, well. <laughs> Want to prank call him?
2: <laughs> uh, you know, like I said uh, just before we went on air, we're not going to get through this rundown anyway, so you just, why, why not?
0: All right, let me see what I can do halfway through the show. <laughs>
2: All right. All right. Well, I'm going to start off, uh, unfortunately, not with a very somber note here. Uh, we do have lots of news uh, to get to, uh, but one of the news items, Anthony Rizzo has left Cubs camp. Uh, he's going back to Parkland, Florida, where he's from. And, and so as uh, you all know, uh, that's where the mass shooting occurred yesterday at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. That is Anthony Rizzo's alma mater. Uh, and He played there under the uh, assistant uh, football uh, coach, uh, Aaron Feist, uh, who was uh, one of the people who uh, uh, lost his life yesterday. So uh, just to, uh, Nando, I know it's, it's well, it's been on my mind. I imagine uh, it's it's been weighing uh, on you too because we, you know, we both worked just a few miles from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh it does does hit close to home and yeah. uh my my thoughts are with everybody uh affected by by the tragedy
0: checked in on the guys that we used to work with I, I, from what i have gathered everyone's families are okay but uh yeah yeah
2: no that's good that's good and that's uh you know what i've heard as well so uh so yes our, our thoughts are, are with everybody that uh is is in uh, the north broward area and affected by that um we do have other things to get to here um uh, so, one of the things, a uh, whole not a whole bunch of stuff actually happening like an hour or so before we went on air. One of the things, uh, Andrew Kashner has finally latched on. He has signed a two-year deal with a third-year vesting option with the Baltimore Orioles. Two years, $16 million plus some incentives. And so, I was getting sort of unreasonably upset in the 10 or 15 minutes before the show because uh, everybody hates the signing. And... As you know, um,
0: it I like our Andy guy. Kasher. Oh, i was sorry. I thought you were going to worry. definitely bump Miguel Castro to the bullpen.
2: Uh, oh, then there's that, too. And that was but, our guy. Um, that
0: was our shared I don't, I don't, I,
2: you know, I don't know. I mean, look, I, I do think that's probably going to happen. I think Castro would be more like depth, like, uh, um, long reliever, swingman type, um, you know, which for what you and I are, are you know, Paying for him, yes. <laughs> you know, we we both been targeted late. Like that's not a disaster or anything, but um, yeah, I imagine they'll go out and probably sign one more. Maybe bring uh, Chris Tillman back. I mean, they've still got enough money that they could theoretically sign uh, Jake Arrieta. But um, so yeah, back. you know, in terms of the the money for Kashner, I mean, maybe it's a little more risk than they need to, to take on. But uh, you know, for fancy purposes, I'm I'm glad to see him sign
0: I you know I was a younger Nando used to love Andrew Kashner like I did whatever I could to get him on my teams uh, Padres Padres years uh, I don't think he spent that much time in the majors with the Cubs but you know like when he was nah. fireballing and hitting ninety six and then you know he got hurt and I had a little faith in him still and then he just kind of I don't know the, the two mile per hour velocity drop and I just I feel bad I kind of just stopped believing in Andrew Kashner
2: Sorry, Well, yeah join the yeah now join the club I mean everybody has and and you know and the thing is and. On the one hand, because I feel like I am one of like two or three people out there supporting him, that, uh, you know, it's, it's not the safest uh, person to be touting. But by the same token, I mean, you, in, in anything other than maybe an AL only league, you're not going to have to give up really anything. You know, you can get him in the last round of just about any mixed league draft. So it's not like I'm really suggesting people go out and give up something of great value. That they that they're going to have a, a really hard time replacing whoever you take in the last round. Chances are great that that's somebody you're you're cutting pretty quickly. It's true. And I just think if, if Kashner can repeat the the uh, you know flyball dampening magic that he had last year, uh, and yeah, the, the strikeout rate is atrocious. There's no way to make that look good. But you know, if he regresses towards his norm in that regard just a little bit and continues to just be death to fly balls. Even at Camden Yards, I mean, I, I just think, you know, he could get some get some wins and help you with the ERA.
0: Yeah, um, I agree to a point, but I mean, like, I think when you're making those decisions, are you, and I, I wish it wasn't like, my call givens is the first guy who comes to mind, but he's going to have value because I think some people think he might sneak into some saves. But, like, would you rather have that kind of guy who can get you those strikeouts? I guess this is how, how you build your team. Like, would you rather have mm-hmm. a givens type Who's going to pitch four and two thirds and strike out seven or eight? Um, and his ERA could probably be low and, and whip probably low. Or do you want an Andrew Cashner who's not going to get you any strikeouts? You know, might get you if he pitches seven innings, he might get you four. Uh, the new look Andrew Cashner, and he has a really serious chance of his his ERA and whip kind of going bonkers on you.
2: Because well, that's, that's, kind yeah, of that's like a an good point, right? Yeah, no, that's 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 a, that's a sweet spot. That's exactly right. And um, it's a good comparison because, yeah, I would like Givens would be another guy that I I could see targeting in the late rounds. And a a fun little bet maybe to make is who's going to get more wins because Givens has gotten eight wins in each of the last two years.
0: He vultures a lot of wins.
2: (laughs) He does. But, you know, he's also a good – I mean, some of that is actually fluky. But, um, you know, clearly he's a good reliever. He's effective. He, He pitches a lot of innings out of the bullpen. And they haven't had reliable starters.
0: You know, just to to whip that around totally. Like, I know the plan is to have, I know, blah, blah, blah. The multiverse theory. In some world, could Andrew Kashner be the closer for this team and go back up to like 97 miles per hour and just like be reborn like John Smoltz esque as this, you know, not the same way Smoltz was, but I mean, the closer is Brad Bach right now, who is good, I know, but, you know, after the first month, if Kashner's sitting on like 6.75. And they're like, let's try him in the bullpen. See what happens.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, because Brock wasn't really that good in the second half. I don't think he's vulnerable while you know they're waiting around for Zach Britton to be ready. So, uh, just something know, to think about. I don't see. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Evans would get the shot before Cashner, but uh, you know, a lot of this could play out a lot of different ways. So that's it's an interesting possibility.
0: You have to always agree with my crazy theories, Al. This is why <laughs> you said this way. Uh, Al Melky is the nicest guy on earth. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, anyway. Well, I, I, you know, to be fair, I didn't really completely agree with you. I mean, I, th- I do think uh, Gibbons is a better bet for saves, but it's—I don't know.
0: Kashner could play first, and manage the team.
2: Look, I'm the one who's saying Kashner you know—could be uh, fairly relevant in a 12-team mixed league. So, True. you know, who—who who am I to shoot down your crazy theories? <laughs> That's
0: a good point. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to reel us back in. Cash play playing second base. Done. <laughs>
2: uh, I, I have my limits, Nando. All right, fine. <laughs> uh, some Cleveland Indians news. Uh, they uh, released a, a health report on several of their players, but probably the most notable thing out of that is that uh, Danny Salazar is a little bit behind uh, due to uh, the onset of right shoulder rotator cuff inflammation. That doesn't really sound great. Uh, but the other thing that that caught my and that caught my eye in that report was that uh, Bradley Zimmer is 100 percent healthy and good to go, and that's uh, good news for everybody looking for some cheap steals.
0: Yeah, that's. I think that's about. Well, I don't know what's going to happen with Bradley Zimmer this year. I, I was I was on him and I was off him, and then I was kind of on him again for cheap <laughs> steals, and now I'm kind of back on it. If you need steals, but that's about it for me.
2: All right. Well, you know. Even not maybe not to the degree of Cashner, but I mean Zimmer, I think will be there late in a lot of leagues, so not not much risk. And at least now you don't have to worry about health risk.
0: Yeah, that's we got that going for us.
2: <laughs> but uh, yeah, Danny Salazar, that's not that's not great news. Um, but uh, you know, injuries just uh, always seem to be part of the happy meal with him. So
0: I feel like that's not we'll news see. though, Al. Right? Like it's, isn't Danny Salazar always hurt? Like, isn't this yeah. like, something we should always go through? And then he's great, and you are like, oh, guess we got scared for no reason. <laughs>
2: Yeah, we should bake bake that in for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I wish he was always great. Sometimes he's frustrating and disappointing, but when he's great, he's you know every everybody everybody wants share. uh I'm, I'm right there. uh I took a took a flyer on him in the the Beat al Melker draft uh, a few weeks back, so I'm not thrilled about this news. But like you say, I shouldn't be too surprised, right? Yeah. All right. A few other things. Uh, A couple of items related to bone spurs. Ryan Healy uh, mentioned on yesterday's show that he had some pain in his hand, was going to get that checked out. Not really the greatest report back on that. He had to have surgery yesterday to remove a bone spur in his right hand. Uh, He's going to be out four to six weeks. If there's any good news to take away from this, it's that that's four to six weeks to being game ready. So he might only miss a, a minimal amount of time, or I guess in the best case scenario, no time at the beginning of the season. And a Scott service, but it, it's it wasn't his hammock bone. So I'm I'm no doctor, but I, that, to me that sounds like mildly good news.
0: Sure, sure, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> there's no butt after it. It wasn't his hammock bone, but
2: <laughs> that's right. Yeah, plus there's no but in that sentence. We're good. We should all be happy. Exactly. So Dan Vogelbach and Mike Ford. Uh, Mike Ford's the Rule Five pick that they got from the Yankees. I I like Mike Ford, and he's. He's available, I think, in the Scott White Dynasty League.
0: So we're going to so. both go after him?
2: Yes. <laughs> Scott White Dynasty I think I had him in that league for like five days or something last year, and then I dropped him for you know somebody else who was actually going to play. But um, Alex, So he's, he's in that fir- first base mix.
0: Speaking of the Scott White Dynasty League, how come you didn't have my back when I want to do offseason trading? I thought I did. It kind of hurt.
2: No, did I, did oh, I thought I... I sent out an email saying that I, I totally support it.
0: Oh, I might have missed that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, if I knew you did that, then I'll start tweeting out the show. Uh, the only reason I won't right, do that well, I... is I didn't think you saw it during the up. break,
2: I'll check my sent mail folder <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get that deal going. This league is I'm driving me sure crazy.
0: I, I, can't look, I look at my team, I'm like, I hate half of this team, but there's nothing I can do about it. Because they're a great, like, I'll have guys I don't like. At, you know he should be sixteen dollars, but I got him for eight. But I don't want him on my team. But he's such a good value. I'm not going to release him because he's good value. I've never been in this situation before, and Scott White very stubbornly, to those of you who haven't heard about the Scott White Dynasty League yet, won't allow trading until the after yeah. the draft.
2: Yeah, I don't have a particular issue to resolve there. I just I just like more trading. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not like a super active. Scott is a super active trader, yeah. which is the irony in all this. But, you know, I I like leagues where you can trade for, you know, the offseason, where you have more options to trade.
0: Scott What does not, and he's a dictator.
2: That's no, his league.
0: That's right. It's There's not democracy. his name. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no matter what, be you and Joe Pizza PSA.
2: That's right. Yeah. Well, in other Bonespur news, Nando, uh, Troy Tulewitzki apparently has one in his right heel, and he aggravated it, and it's apparently uh, a chronic condition and uh, so he but he's not expected to have surgery on it but that you know n- not that uh, I was big on you know targeting Troy Tulewski this year but that makes me feel a little bit better about Jairus you know, Solarte getting regular playing time
0: I, I kind of had Solarte penned in is getting regular playing time anyway um the guy I've got I've landed on a couple years leagues is Lourdes Guriel. um I think he's ready. Although I don't know how that's gonna happen. I mean it seems like they have a yeah. ball jam. Uh, this is the way it'll happen as Salarte continues playing second. We never hear from Devin Travis again and Tulowitzki's out by May. I think that's how Luerta's Guriel finishes his ascent to the majors. I think
2: that's a more probable scenario than Andrew Kashner getting saves.
0: Yeah, okay, thank you. <laughs>
2: And one more thing of note here that probably deserves a lot of uh, discussion, but I don't know how much we're going to get to it. But, um, according to Danny McCullough of the LA Times, Mike Grandal is actually going to get the bulk of the at-bats uh, as catcher for the Dodgers. He and, and Austin Barnes are basically going to split it, but Grandal going to get more of the playing time against righties. You so know, I, 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 don't, I don't believe it, though. I assume I mean, that was term. the
0: scenario. You like Barnes more than Grandal?
2: I do, and a lot of people have so far.
0: Chris Vaccaro gave me crap for wanting to draft Yasmani Grandal too early, and he's like, "Oh, Barnes is going to be playing the whole time there." I'm like, "No, he's not, man. I mean, Yasmani Grandal good."
2: <laughs> I never quite went that far with it, but I did kind of join the crowd in thinking that. Well, look look at the playing time pattern in September and you know October in the postseason, and uh, you know. This is the direction it's going. I I think it's going to revert to that, but it definitely is a little more sketchy now with that report. Um, But before we get to more of the news, Nando, I just want to remind everybody that they can create the ultimate dynasty keeper or redraft fantasy league using Fantrax's free commissioner product. Find out how it feels to have the deepest player pool, multi-team trades, plus player salary and contract options right at your fingertips, all of which are fully customizable. And with Fantrax Treasure, you can set league entry fees and safely distribute payouts without a third party so you don't have to go around tracking owners for payment. The best part of all is that there's no break in the action once the regular season ends. Fantrax leagues are immediately open for the very next season. So find out why Fantrax is the home of fantasy sports. Check out Fantrax.com today. And while you're there, at the sign-up, enter this very complicated promo code al <laughs> al <laughs> could be easier right enter promo code al al for a chance to win 10 private consultations with me uh 109 value on my blog they'll get it to you for free or at least they'll put you in the, the signing or the the drawing for that so anyway Nando, we gotta go to break apparently so we'll come back and uh talk about our our uh, industry leagues it'll be fun
1: 84 FNTSY. That's 844 843 6879. The Fancy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source 24 hours a day.
2: Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior, and I am being joined by Nando Defina and Enya. Because it's Enya Thursday.
0: That's right. I'll tweet that out, Al. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Al, by the way, man, uh, I feel like you're, you're undervaluing yourself. Ten private consultations should be way more than
2: $109. Well, if you go to Fantrax and you enter the promo code Al, it's, it's free. Hey, so, the, by the see. way, I,
0: I'm going to start some of those Fantrax uh, draft and holds. What are they called? Are they called the draft and holds? Uh,
2: I think so. Uh, to be honest, even though I, I as of a couple of days ago, I'm writing for them. I, I actually don't have a, I'm not sure about the answer to that. Yeah, Al. <laughs> I'm a work in progress, Nando. <laughs>
0: well, I like it because, you know, for the NFBCs, you've got to change your lineup. For the Fantrax ones, you don't have to. They just fill it out for you. So, I'm all, Yeah, it
2: uh, depends. Like, the Al League, or the Beat Al League, which is uh, a Fantrax league, uh, we actually have twice weekly lineup changes.
0: No, I'm not. No. Pass. Where, yeah. <laughs> what are the ones I read some. It was Andy Singleton retweeted it, and it was, you know, you could, you draft, and then it does like a points-based system and just fills out your lineup for you with the highest at each position. And it was only like 10 That's bucks. Something, something for everybody. Yeah, I'm into that. I don't want to change my lineup, Al. All
2: right, well, something for each of us, because we, we're a little different that way, Nando.
0: That's why we get along so well.
2: That's right. Uh, Well, how do you feel about uh, the Mets having interest in Jason Vargas and uh, Jaime Garcia?
0: Like, I feel like there's so many more electric pitchers out there that they can get that it's just kind of like, kind of blah. I'm sure they're nice guys in real life, but like, (laughs) speaking from a fantasy perspective, I just, I I don't know why the Mets just don't get another, I, I think they need a durable pitcher and that's what they're going after here, Um but I, I don't know, man. I would love like, get a Lance Lynn, spring for Lance Lynn, man. Not Jason maybe they Vargas. just really
2: want a lefty. You know, there's, there's, there's hardly any lefties in the NL East. Because I, I broke this down, I think it was on yesterday's show, or maybe it was Tuesday's show, talking about Justin Bohr and how the one, well, the one big worry most people have is that the Marlins don't have any lineup protection. But I'm more worried about the splits against lefties. But there's, there's no lefties in the NL East. That's other interesting. Than the Braves. That's a great breakdown. Yeah, Well, I just went over to Roster Resource and looked at the roster grid.
0: <laughs> it's one way to do it.
2: <laughs> uh, speaking of lefties, what a segue. The Brewers have signed Wade Miley to a minor league deal, but he'll make $2.5 million if he makes the team, and $5.7 million if he makes 29 starts. And he has been a durable lefty. Uh, that news, by the way, by way of USA Today's uh, Bob Nightingale. And... Uh, there's a lot more going on, Nando, in this show than I, I thought there would be when you know I first touched touch base with you like three hours ago. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know Miley's a somebody that you know like Kashner, I have this kind of weird fixation on, and I've talked about it a lot, and so I won't won't get into it on this show. No, just, get just into go it through Al. the back the back catalog, and you know listen, was to talk about Miley here on this show. No, check the show before that. But no, I've talked on several different episodes about how he got off to this great start last year. Because he really was was painting painting the edges of the zone, and he was getting a lot of walks, but he also was getting a ton of strikeouts. Um, And then there's that game against the White Sox where he got uh, hit with uh, comebackers like twice in in the same inning, and then he was never really the same since. But. you know, I I, again, I like these guys like Kashner or Miley that just they do these, these strange things statistically. And I, I just have this kind of morbid curiosity if they can keep it going. But, I you know, the, the thing that I wanted to, to point out is that the, I know that the odds of Wade Miley being an impact pitcher for fantasy are really, really small. But I went and looked back and I did a search of the last five years to, to look for like the most out of nowhere, really good season. And that season was Phil Hughes' 2014 <clears throat> season where he, he had a, a couple good years early on with the Yankees, and then he was really pretty bad for several years after that. And then he went to the Twins, and he had this really great season, and then he's not really been the same since. But, you know, picking up on these little things with guys like Miley and, and Kashner, you know, I mean, somebody could be the next Phil Hughes. Why not them?
0: Uh, didn't they already have their Phil Hughes seasons, though? Couldn't you make that argument? Like, they already had their aberration
2: uh, I, I mean, I'm sure we could do that with a lot of pitchers. Right. I mean, Miley's always just been sort of steady and okay, ranging from that to just not very good. Yeah, I
0: was going to say okay is being kind, though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Cashner, yeah, he's had his his really good moments, but I don't know that I would call those Phil Hughes. Maybe, yeah, maybe it does work with Cashner. Maybe he got a good. Well, point Kashner
0: there. was good for a long yeah. stretch of time. Um, I think Phil Hughes had that that. Season where like, he's the closer of the future and then was just no longer a Yankee and then Minnesota just had him as a starter. Um, which kind of messed up, I think, the Phil Hughes narrative when you're trying to kind of yeah. subjectively recall how good or bad he was. Um, I don't know, man. I think the Wade Miley had that one season and I don't want to call it a fluke, but I think it's a fluke. Same idea as Hughes, though. He, he was, when Wade Miley goes to the bullpen, it's a different Wade Miley.
2: Yeah, I would think so.
0: But I would think so. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I know you like he, Wade Miley, so I don't want to come on here and I You know,
2: I won't them. even say I like him. I, I would say I'm, I'm really interested in, in following him this year. Like, that's, my, that's one of my, going back to a month and a half ago, one of my fantasy New Year's resolutions. These guys that did weird, interesting things last year, I want to not forget about it. I want to track them this year really carefully and, and see what happens.
0: Look, Milwaukee has to, I think if you look at these numbers a little deeper than just, oh, yeah, you know, $5.7 million if he makes 29 starts or looking for durability, but he makes twenty nine starts in Milwaukee. Um, that's going to be especially for a guy who has a background where he can relieve and is as effective as a reliever. Um, that's that's the good durability. That's not just like Milwaukee's not a crappy team that hasn't been bringing in all these players this offseason um, and he's just looking for someone to eat up innings. Yeah, uh, the, Milwaukee's a team that wants to go for it. So I think if they're assuming that he makes twenty nine starts, they're going to be twenty nine good starts, um, right? As opposed to, sometimes you see these deals, and you're like, alright, incentive-laden, whatever, they just needed to hit a milestone. He's going to have to be good to stay in that rotation for 29 starts, so. Um, I think it's more than that. Maybe, maybe you've got something. I mean, maybe it's a little more telling. That's not a dumb team, Milwaukee.
2: No, not at all.
0: And in an offseason where people aren't handing out $5.7 million contracts left and right, um, for him to be the guy who gets one, and with those incentives, it does make him a lot more interesting.
2: See? He's interesting. We can agree.
0: Well, you helped me out with the Kashner stuff, so... <laughs> there we go.
2: <laughs> well, uh, speaking of interesting and weird, uh, that deal that was widely reported uh, that the Rangers had an agreement with San Juan o apparently that deal is still not finalized, and he may be free to go elsewhere. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, a few minor league signings uh, besides the way Miley won. The White Sox are bringing back Hector Santiago in a minor league deal. I would think he'd have some kind of shot at cracking the rotation. The Phillies have a whole big cast of uh, of characters competing for those spots in the rotation. Add Drew Hutchison to that list. He's on a minor league deal. And the Padres have signed A.J. Ellis, who looks pretty well positioned to be the backup to um, uh, Austin Hedges.
0: I like Austin Hedges this year. weren't, Weren't you a Drew Hutchison guy?
2: At some point, yeah. I mean, probably like 4 years ago or something.
0: Oh, well, let's does that expire?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Okay. All right, never you mind. You'll
2: keep that in the fridge. It's, yeah, it's going to smell bad.
0: <laughs> I thought if, if if anyone would have fixed him, it would have been the Pirates. So,
2: yeah. It was not it the didn't, Pirates. Didn't happen. No. Didn't happen. They're they're going to fix uh, Joe Musgrove though, so.
0: You know who I think they're really going to fix? Who they're going to supercharge? Kyle nah. Crick. Oh,
2: yeah, 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 you were talking about that. And yeah, I was, know, was...
0: I was not allowed to select him in the 50th round ah, by my partner.
2: I'm s- sorry, Nanda. It's okay. Uh, well, speaking of that, your are NFBC Draft Champions League, right? Yes, it is. Okay, well, we're going to get to that uh, very shortly here. But first, uh, just a little word here about DKMS. Did you know that it takes only one minute to potentially save someone's life? Seriously, one minute—that's how long it takes to swab your cheeks and join the donor list with DKMS. There are currently over 900,000 registered donors in the U.S., and they need more. There's an American diagnosed every three minutes with blood cancer. There can never be enough donors. So, for only $45, you can help DKMS register new bone marrow donors. DKMS donors save approximately 19 lives every day. We want help. We—I'm sorry. We want you to help save one. So please, if you can, go to DKMS.org slash FNTSY today. So, yeah, t- tell us about your uh, NFBC Draft Champions League. So you just wrapped up that draft, uh, what, last night, right?
0: Yeah, but Al, I don't want to mess up the rundown. You had a nice order here. I know you're orderly.
2: But, I, I, you know, I, I like to go for the, the smooth segue.
0: <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Yeah, I co-owned the team with Chris Vaccaro. Uh, So the the deal is he's done all of his homework, like to the nth degree. So he does the first 30 rounds, and then I get the last 20 rounds because I think that's my strength are those random people who could pop up and be awesome, like Mitch Garver. So uh, we make a pretty good team. I'm like, hey, 50th round, you want to go ahead and uh, make the pick? He's like, it's going to be Kyle Crick. And he's like, why don't we get Baez, Pedro Baez, who you also chose over Kyle Crick when I – Wrote about this. Um, I think it's a bad choice. I think Kyle Crick is going to find his way into some saves for Pittsburgh this year.
2: Oh wow! So that I mean that that's incredible. In round fifty to get somebody that you think could actually get saves. I mean at that point, you know I'm just happy to get a reliever that I think can get some good ratios and maybe ultra some wins.
0: I guess you could do that. You could think that. I think Kyle Crick really came into his own when they made him a reliever, and he was the basically the centerpiece of that Andrew McCutcheon deal. Former top prospect. Everyone was raving about him five years ago or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's going to the the one place where the pitching coach there is famous for fixing all of these pitchers, no matter who it is. So I think there's just everything is working in Kyle Crick's favor right now.
2: Uh, Well, what about Rivera? I mean, is this, for you, sort of a a vote of no confidence on him or just... Um, you know, you're, you're liking Crick's skill set well enough that you just think that, that he's going to force the issue.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's force the issue. I think things just, you know, they work out. Like, this is a team that's <laughs> selling off all of its pieces, so there's one route that he could go. He could, become, he could be the middle yeah. reliever for the Yankees by June. Um, he'd get hurt. Kyle Crick could also find his way back into a starting role if Ray Searage sees something. It's, it's one of those things where I'm just like, I just like Kyle Crick, and I don't like this combination of him and uh, Ray Searage, and I think we're foolish to take Pedro Baez ahead of him. But I did it so I could hang it over Vaquero's head throughout the season. I relented. (laughs) So as long as you get something out of it. Yeah, right. And who knows? Baez (laughs) might get two saves with his four-something ERA. So uh, we got that going for us.
2: (laughs) Uh, Well, let's uh, shift over to score sheet. I almost never talk about score sheet on the show. So that that needs to change. We had to turn in keeper lists. Oh, yeah. Wasn't uh, that supposed to be
0: the whole this week? Was talking about our score sheet teams? Yeah, yeah.
2: Let's well, instead, we're going to condense it into like three minutes. I, think,
1: <laughs> I hope. <God.
2: laughs> uh, I, at the very least, I do want to uh, have some time to talk about uh, the labor draft, which is uh, obviously a big thing in the industry. Yeah, but that wasn't. But a uh, I'm looking at your keepers here, and uh, yeah, you. You, I thought I, I liked my pitching a lot, but I'm, I'm envious. You, uh, you protected a whole rotation here, at Severino. Alex Wood, Danny Duffy, Dylan Bundy, and Jose Barrios. You mentioned Mitt Garver. He's one of your uh, six rookie keepers. Yeah. Or five. I might not be able to count. Um, so you yeah, got pretty nice. Uh, Jonathan Scope, Yuli Guriel, One of your rookies uh, is um, Lourdes Gurriel. So you've, you've kept them together.
0: I put my money where my mouth is, Al. If I'm going to talk about Lourdes Gurriel on your show, I'm keeping him in my score sheet week. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, so how do you feel about your keepers?
0: Uh, really, I love them. Like, uh, I had to make a very difficult... The last couple of years, I've kept, like, anywhere between four and eight because I like to just cherry-pick some of those guys who, were, uh, who weren't who were kept. I learned that a few years ago. A couple teams didn't keep all ten, and so you get to pick, like, the first pick. Yep. Um, and I enjoyed that. And it's not going to happen this year. Like, there are some teams who only kept three keepers.
2: So. Yeah. I probably should have been one of those. <laughs> um, did not do well at all last year. And so I really had intended to be one of those players to not, to not keep the whole 10. But uh, – and I, I actually made an error. So what you, if you're looking at the site – Oh, no. They, they fixed it for me, which was very, very generous. So thank you, Jeff Barton. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I like my rotation too. I think, you know, Not as much as yours, but uh, I've got Luis Castillo, Patrick Corbin, who now like better with the humidor, Marco Estrada, uh, Luke Weaver, and Tyler Anderson.
0: Alters. So I, I – if there was no humidor, would you have still kept Corbin?
2: Uh, probably not. All right. Interesting. Because he, he would have been borderline. And being borderline with, you know, the, the roster that I have, I probably would have rather had the extra pick. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah, so that, that's half of my keepers right there. I kept, kept Chris because, and maybe that was a mistake. Uh, but I do think he's just one of the most valuable relievers out there, especially in in a score sheet format. Well, he's which your closer. Those right? Aren't f- familiar? Uh, I think he was last year. Yeah, uh, he won't necessarily be this year. But you know, the beauty of score sheet is that uh, you know everybody has value. Defensive players have value. Um, you know, bench players have value. Middle middle relievers uh, because you're simulating a whole week's worth of games, and you know every everything that can be measured. Plays a role in the simulation, so, um, so I generally don't like the idea of keeping relievers, but you know, I just thought it'd be hard to replace Davinsky. Maybe that. See, then I went back and looked at who was available, and this happens to me every year, Nando. So I guess I'm just a slow learner. <laughs> I was surprised at how many you know really good players are available in our draft. Miguel Cabrera could be drafted. Justin Upton could be drafted. Yadier Molina, Nick Castellanos. So
0: I know this is why this is why I yeah. do the thing where I only like I'll keep six, but I just like too many people this year on my team. I've been a six year rebuild since I inherited the team for Jeff Passan and Mark Pesavento. So mm-hmm. uh, this is this finally like I'm like, OK, it's happening. All this hard work. Has led yeah, here. yeah. yeah
2: that, that's, that's a that's a cool feeling. It'll feel really great when I finally turn this team around. Right? A- <laughs> 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 All right, Nada, that's our cue. So we got to head to break. We will talk about the labor draft when we come back and uh, talk about some auction strategy as well. So don't go away, or at least don't go too far. We'll be right back.
1: I'm in love no way be I know I love too much mess. Welcome
2: back, everybody. This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm Al Melpior, your host. And joining me on uh, Enya Thursday is Nando Defino.
0: Hey, Nando. What's happening, man? (laughs) Sorry, I was saying goodbye to JR. Uh, All right. Our buddy JR from the JR Sports Brief. Hanging out in the control room. Oh, nice. nice. I don't think you ever met him. You'd like him. Nice guy.
2: Well, uh, that'd be great. I'll I'll be there uh, in about a month.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Towers. Tower Wars. Tow yep. Wars in Staten Island. You have no ex- – I'm so excited, Al. I, uh, you know, I'm no longer in Tower Wars, but uh, I'm going to be there for whatever so I you can You won't do.
2: even be, like, hanging out or anything? Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. I'm definitely coming to hang out now that it's in Staten Island. Oh, good. Yeah.
2: Good, good. Well, it's a cool stadium. I've been to the stadium. Um, it's got such great views. The... Yeah, yeah, really, really cool views. Um, if I... Am I remember correctly that you can see the Statue of Liberty from there?
0: You can see it when you're taking the ferry to, uh, to the stadium, I think you can see it from the stadium. I actually, let's just say yes.
2: Okay, sure. Yeah. I remember thinking it was a very cool stadium. Uh, My wife and I, uh, we we drove up with the dogs from Florida a few years ago, and we did. We decided to do a, a five borough. Uh, tour uh, and see all the ballparks. So we, we went uh, to the Brooklyn Cyclone Stadium, and of course, we hit uh, Yankee Stadium and City Field, and went to Staten Island, and it was a good time, was had by all.
0: Uh, fireworks night, Al. That's beautiful. At, uh, Richmond County ballpark. I bet it is. Yeah. You get know, the, little, the skyline of is. the city, a bunch of ships going by.
2: Brings all right. By. Well, yeah, know, I, I was excited already for, for <laughs> Top Wars, but. <laughs> I don't know if they'll have fireworks or not, though. They should.
0: That we should. We should lobby for that. You should reply all, Al. You never reply all <laughs> on those towers' emails. You should I Larry think sh- you'll
2: find that email with my uh, email defending you in the, the Scott White <laughs> Dynasty League.
0: <laughs> Fine. We'll get in Mary Schechter's head. He'll reply all.
2: All right. That sounds good. And I'm going to change the subject conveniently here and tell you that Fantasy Factor is the perfect daily fantasy site. Uh, for the casual recreational player, flatter prize pools, smaller fields, and single-entry contests only. Fantasy Factor runs NHL and NBA free rolls every week. With free entry, just simply sign up and enter. It's at www.fantasyfactor.com. And now that I have uh, changed the topic, uh, I can change it again. And let's talk about uh, the, the labor draft. That was on Tuesday night, and it's one of the uh, industry drafts. Um, just looking at the roster here, our friend Fred Zinke, uh, Steve Gardner, uh, Rudy Gamble from Rasball, uh, Ray Murphy, uh, all, all kinds of uh, – Scott Pionowski, who's in the uh, Tout Wars Mixed League, and Brett Sayre, so is, uh, Derek Van Riper. I could go on and on, but I won't because we've got to talk about the draft itself. Um, so one of the things that I thought was really interesting was Fred Zinke's approach, and he was on Twitter all day agonizing. What do I do with the third pick? He went with Clayton Kershaw. And it's a 15 teamer, so I mean he wouldn't be you know looking at getting another shot to pick until pick 28. So I, I get going with Kershaw there. You want the best pitcher, but it was kind. Of, and then he took Josh Donaldson, who I really liked, uh, with that uh, pick at 28. And then he came back five picks later, and got Carlos Carrasco, and I was like, hmm, because I I like Carrasco a lot. I I would have wanted to go hitter hitter Carrasco, and. You know, we're talking about Fred Zinke, so I, I can't possibly be right about this because Fred is just so consistently good in these leagues. Um, but what do you think about that?
0: You know, knowing if, if this is anyone else and I was looking at it, I think I'd be like you and be like hitter, hitter, Carrasco is the way to go. But if you look at Fred Zinke and how he plays his leagues, and you should, you and I both know this personally because we're in leagues with Fred Zinke, he trades a lot. So yes. I, I wonder if he treats his draft like he's just picking up commodities and he's in no way thinking I'm going to finish the year with both Kershaw and Carrasco in my pitching staff. I wonder if he's just value drafter and he'll worry about it later. Because for, So Scott White, I've never won a trade with. And I've, in my head, I've got to be like, I've got to stop <laughs> trading with Scott White. Fred Zinke, I feel like we always end up even. I mean, it helps supercharge his team in areas that he needs. But his emails to my team are so detailed and so wonderful. Like when we're done, I'm like, this is, he's, he's right. I did gain seven points in whip.
2: Yeah, those, those uh, emails are a thing of beauty, to be sure. And, by the way, you don't even have to wonder if he's trying to pick up commodities because I think within hours of this draft, he was uh, on Twitter saying, I have too much pitching.
0: <laughs> Who wants to trade? <laughs> yeah. Except he's got, if he's in this league with Pianowski, because Pianowski is one of those guys I love being in leagues with because he's one of the easiest trading partners. And I mean this as a compliment. It's, like, it's not like little ticky-tack things, like, let me think about it. It's like, here are three guys I want. You have these two guys. Give me these two. And it's just, he's just such, I guess, pleasant. Not easy. He's very pleasant to deal with in trades. So if you get Zinke mm-hmm. and Pianowski in the same league, you're aces. That's going to be a fun league to be in.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and, and I and I will get that with the Tout Wars Mixed League. So that's that's part of what makes that league so fun. So, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was a, an interesting turn. And, and, you know, and, you know, because it's Fred and he's such an astute trader, uh, I, I'm sure he's going to make that work for him in, in some, you know, deviously wonderful way.
0: Uh, <laughs> but but it's the, the other thing game. I wanted. He's very sweet. Get, if people don't know who Fred <laughs> yes. Zingy is, they're going to get a bad impression of him from, from you saying he's devious.
2: Uh, I don't intend that at all. And, I, and Fred's <laughs> been on the show several times. I mean, I have utmost respect for Fred and he's. An incredibly wonderful, nice person.
0: Yeah, and his wife. He brought his wife to town. She's wonderful too.
2: I, I don't. Well, okay. Well, hopefully, I'll, I'll meet her this year. Um, so Mike Trout, of course, went first overall to Tim McCloud. I, I reviewed a little bit of this on the show yesterday, but uh, I do want to get your, your take on this Nando because uh, the last two or three shows I've talked about how difficult it is to untangle the elite outfielders outside of Trout, uh, Blackman, Stanton, Betts, and Harper. Uh, I could change my mind hourly on how to rank them. Uh, in this particular draft, they went in that order Blackman, uh, and that was with the sixth overall pick to Todd Zola, another uh, fancy all star. Uh, and then Goldschmidt went seventh, and then 8, 9, 10, boom, 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 Stanton, bets Harper. So how do you feel about that order?
0: I'd like you to just, just like you said, uh, you could throw them up. I'd be fine with any kind of order. You can make a case for any single one of those guys to be in front of the other ones. So, I'm cool with it.
2: Yeah, well, uh, as I talked about yesterday, I I'd probably need to rethink Blackman because I had him fourth out of the four in my rankings, and I haven't changed them yet. But uh, since uh, they're at least going with the idea of batting him third or fourth, that definitely is a, a value booster for him. Yeah. So, so it be interesting. But, uh, yeah, and I absolutely agree. It's, uh, it's almost a four-way tie there. And how about Gary Sanchez going 16th overall with the first pick uh, in the second round, so basically at the turn? Uh, Do you think uh, that's—I'm still a little squeamish about a catcher going that early, but obviously Gary Sanchez isn't, you know, just any catcher.
0: Yeah, but you know what, too? Um, He's going from a manager who was a catcher to a manager who was not, which I don't know if that's going to have anything to do with how they play Gary Sanchez and how they use him and blah, 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 but I'm guessing that Joe Girardi was able to speak to Gary Sanchez in a way— that Aaron Boone might not be able to. And I don't know if that's going to negatively affect Gary Sanchez, or maybe Joe Girardi was not good in handling Gary Sanchez because he had some Posada after effects that he felt from his playing days. Um, that's why I'm not, I can't figure what to do with Gary Sanchez. All that being said, because of that, 16th seems a little high for me.
2: Well, me too. And, and part of the reason, you know, looking with 2020 hindsight is that um, Wilson Contreras, Lester Posey, the obvious, you know, 2 3, although the order is not necessarily obvious. Um they didn't go until the fifth round. And I think there's a scenario where Contreras can come pretty close in value to Sanchez. Now that's you know, everything's kind of got to go right for that to happen. But when you're talking about more than three rounds worth of value between them, I'd I'd rather wait. And it's a it's a risky game to play because you can have, you know, Sanchez, you know, you can have the bird in the hand there with the two picks at the turn. You know, or he could take the chance that you know you'll you'll find the right round to pick him and, and you're not going to get sniped.
0: Yeah, I I don't know, man. It's it's not like he's Buster Posey in first base, too. You know? Oh, it's just like that. You think so? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> then never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember really this was Brandon Belt's year to kind of take that job and make it his own.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess we shouldn't assume. That's a good point. But I, I you know, I, I, I guess I do think Posey's going to see a good amount of playing time there, just to keep him in the lineup and preserve him.
0: You're probably right. Like, why would that change? You're right. Sorry, Al. Because Brandon Belt. Exactly. Oh wait, I just got a good to go from our old friend here. Yeah. Al. Yes. Sorry, our old friend being Adam Azer. Oh. So that
2: old friend. I guess
0: we can call him now. He was doing a podcast and being a snob.
2: Do we have time for you to talk about your favorite late rounders in this, or, or is, it, is it just Adam or go time?
0: No, let's, I mean, I'll do it, and then when Adam shows up, we can bring him in on the discussion. All right.
2: So, who are your favorite late round values <laughs> in the labor draft? <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know. Did you put a list down there? Oh, Mitch Moreland. I'm all in on Mitch Moreland this year. I think that's just start. Last year with that stubbed big toe or the broken big toe that he played through, um, I don't think Adam's going to pick up, Al. Oh, no. I think Mitch Moreland's a 280, 32 home run upside kind of guy. Like your typical 1980s. Hey, is Adam there?
1: Yes, he is. (laughs) Say hi to Al. Did you open a pack of baseball cards and you saw me and you decided you were going to call me?
0: I don't know what that means. Al, do you know what that means? That's that's usually how you program your shows. I watched watched your video shows. (laughs) This This is Al's show. It's not mine.
1: Okay. Well, hey, what's up,
2: Al. Uh, Adam will say pleasant surprise. All is good here. Uh, I guess I'm on the air. It, look, I think so. I'm I'm making that assumption. Okay, great. So, how do you feel about Mitch Moreland? Mitch Moreland?
1: No, yeah, no. He's
0: he's anti Red Sox. Remember that. He's such a Yankees homer that he's gonna hit any Red Sox player you bring up, Al.
1: Why do I need Mitch Moreland have to be an AL only to take Mitch Moreland? Like, there's just too many good first <laughs> Well, this is uh, the
2: labor draft. It's fifteen teams, twenty-nine rounds. Okay. So,
1: yeah, um, no, I, I suspect. I, I, yeah, no, I guess in that format, yeah, he's worth drafting. I, I suspect uh, they. Well, what do you think? I mean, they're going to add someone there or give him. He's not going to play well, every day, right? Now this is a bad I idea. Think,
0: Let me just hang up on him.
2: Well. No, <laughs> <laughs> no Bob. Glad you raised that. That's something I've been meaning to talk about, and I haven't gotten to it. Um, that it appears, because you know, they tried to get Edwin Encarnacion earlier in the offseason, and I'm like, what the heck? Mitch Moreland's like, hey, I'm here, everybody. Uh, but no, it would come at the expense most likely of Hanley Ramirez, who, who might have a part-time role this year.
1: But, you know what's interesting? Remember, like, okay, I read, obviously, we all read that they were thinking about trading Jackie Bradley for Edwin Encarnacion. The Red Sox didn't want to give up Jackie Bradley for Encarnacion. Right. I thought that was insane. Does that mean that, in current, that Bradley has untapped, or that he can be a good offensive player again, or that, that you don't put that type of premium on defense <laughs> to get to, to not take one of the best run producers, middle of the order bats in baseball for freaking Jackie Bradley?
2: I really missed this. Me too.
1: <laughs> Adam, what are you doing next Thursday?
0: <laughs> well, I'm, what did you say now? Dan? What are you doing next Thursday, at three o'clock?
1: Next Thursday at 3, I don't know, you tell me, should I keep my phone on?
0: I think you should. And to cancel whatever 3 o'clock fake podcast you lied up being on.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Next Thursday, maybe you can tell me who we're talking about so I don't sound like an idiot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Al, you heard that. That's a commitment. That's Adam Thursday. I
2: got I got it. I, I've got it uh, written down somewhere, maybe. Give uh, me
1: more guys. Give me more guys. All
2: right. Well, see, I wanted to get to talk about nomination strategies and auctions because I I think we promised somebody on Twitter we we would do that. Oh, we did. It's a fun topic. So, um, yeah, what's your typical nomination strategy at an auction?
1: Typically, I nominate players I don't want and I nominate expensive players that I don't want. Um, I don't always have the guts to nominate. In fact, I pretty much never have the guts to nominate someone that I like and only want for like a buck you know, early in the draft, oh, I want this guy for a dollar. Let's do it, you know, 10 minutes into the draft and maybe nobody's interested. But I don't know. If there's a lot of money on the board, I'm afraid to do that because if somebody goes two and then you end up playing paying three bucks or more for the player you wanted. <laughs> so I typically just nominate players I don't want and hopefully at a position that I already have filled, somebody I have no use for, worth a lot of money, get some money off the board.
2: Now, I, I do that, but I don't consistently, and I, I, every time I say this out loud, I, I feel like it sounds nuts. So tell me how nuts it is. that I, I don't do that in part because I don't want to have a pattern that anybody can pick up on. Do you think anybody pays that close attention to how other people are nominating?
1: Well, I, don't, I mean, you mean nominating players you don't want?
2: Yeah, like every single time.
1: I don't think it matters. I, I don't know that, that it matters because like, people have to. Get that player. If I already have a first baseman, and then I nominate Paul Goldschmidt, like it doesn't matter if they're picking up on a pattern. Like they need the guy. So, I, yeah, I think you're crazy, Al. I think you're crazy. All right,
2: I like the honesty, even though I don't like the answer. <laughs> Nada, how about you? What are uh, what uh, what are your tried and true nomination techniques?
0: I had no strategy. I'm like you. I just look at guys on my list and I take them. That's it's really like because it's gonna blow up in your face if I only pick guys I don't want and then I just sit back and don't pay attention. If I need time, uh, but otherwise I'm just, I, you know, I just look at a name and pick it and go for it.
1: All right. Oh, that doesn't seem like a good idea at all. Well, it keeps people guessing.
0: And like Al says, I don't know if they're paying that close attention, Wait. but.
1: It, but what are they guessing? I mean, the point is you want money to come off the board and you want money to come off a board on a player that you don't need. But so that's always going to happen. Much sense that-
0: what if he goes under value? Then you have well, kept money on the board.
1: Uh, no. And the bottom line is, like, you somebody just spent 20 bucks or more or whatever, and that's good for you.
0: Not if he was worth 24 and he spent 20 then it's you just screwed uh-huh, yourself yeah. over because you put him out at the wrong time. You have no draft. control
1: over that, though. Sure yeah, you do. When no you, if you put his Drupal
0: that. Cabrera up in the 10th round instead of the 16th, he's going to get two different
1: dollar value. Jeez, Adam. Oh, my God. You, God help you if you put his <laughs> Drupal Cabrera. So the other, the other interesting thing is, like... <laughs> You know,
2: All right, about, I'm sorry, but we got to keep things moving here. So, uh, <laughs>
1: okay, I'm sorry. Okay. yeah, cut off Azure. <laughs> <Die phaser. now. laughs> but we'll see you next
2: Thursday and not on Nando Thursday. So, thank you both for joining us. You're done. Easy day's wow. work.
0: Adam okay. Azor in studio That's next good. Thursday.
2: All right. Well, thanks, yeah. everybody, for joining us on the uh, Fancy Baseball Hour with Al Melkir. I'll be back again tomorrow with these guys next Thursday.